0: Hello and welcome to the Bride Tender podcast. I'm your host SC Levin and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today I'm joined, you might remember her from a previous episode with Carly Seikert, also known as Comfy with Carly, and we're talking about something a little different than my norm. We're talking about Wedding Day Sexpectations. So, Carly, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on today's episode.
1: Hi, Estee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be
0: back. (laughs) And I also just want to mention to all the listeners that you are a soon to be bride. And um, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Oh, I am very excited.
1: Um, we have done, I know we talked about this, um, an immense amount of work for having only been engaged for about five weeks now. Um, but feels like I've been planning my wedding for years and now it's just <laughs> kind of putting it into execution. So it's been a lot of fun and I'm very excited about <laughs> getting married and starting my life with my fiance. It's going to be
0: perfect, and I also, you know, do want to add in, I did talk to Carly a couple weeks back, and she literally had everything planned. (laughs) Like, there was not one thing that she didn't think of, and I was like, wow, you're in, like, such a good place. I'm just, most people, you know, they take a little time, you know, and I always say when you get right into it, it feels less stressful.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. I, uh I know that there's a lot of moving components as you get closer, so I'm not expecting to feel this level of lack of stress, I guess, for the whole period of time. (laughs) And I've also been really lucky that a lot of um, my friends have gone through this already and I've been able and honored to stand by their side. And then in true myself fashion, if people who are listening know me on a personal level, I'm always above and beyond when it comes to helping with things like this. I love event planning. Um, So it was kind of like just second nature, I guess, when it came to mind because I had helped so many other people with things. But I definitely will be reaching out at some point, I'm sure. when I'm like, all right, I did the big stuff. Now what do I do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm here for you. And the whole Bride Center community is here for you because there's nothing that we love more than an engagement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I want to get your feedback on something because I don't think that it's talked about enough, let alone really at all, In the wedding community, and it's something that should be touched on. I think that we live in a very different world than maybe our parents lived in and our grandparents lived in, where a lot of people, for the most part, tend to live together prior to, you know, getting engaged, getting married, you know, really, really knowing Mm -hmm. to all of the big steps. And I think, like, it's always, like, a little taboo to talk about, like, sex on your wedding night, but I think it's something that, like, should be spoken about. I think some people feel pressured to do so. I think some people, you know, are like, oh, God, like, if I don't, is it going to be a big deal? And I wanted to get your take on it and see, you know, what you thought. Yeah, I think, and from
1: my understanding, there is... Most people do not end up having sex on their wedding night, because if you think about your entire wedding day and what it encompasses, it involves waking up really early, socializing kind of all day, being on this high adrenaline rush or super anxious, depending on who you are and, you know, whether you like the attention on you or not. Um, And by the end of the day, you're just exhausted. So it, it's so common to hear that couples do not actually engage in sex on their actual wedding night. But what really resonated with me and what you were saying is that, you know, it, it's very it is very different. Um, granted, there are still, you know, some people for cultural and religious or even personal reasons that don't live together until after mm-hmm. marriage or after the wedding but it is far more common now to have lived together meaning you know there are these expectations that like your wedding needs to be this big thing because there's not a change that's going to happen after so there's not a move there's not you know so you hear a lot of and i'm sure you might feel this as well like we already lived together it didn't really feel that different after we got married so it adds this added pressure of like our wedding day needs to be perfect then and it needs to involve sex. And when you're talking about sex expectations like have that conversation with your fiance, right? Like I might be really tired, you know, I as yeah. a bride, we're wearing heavy dresses is my I've never put one on disclosure. I'm actually going wedding dress shopping this weekend, but like <laughs> my understanding is that they're they're not comfortable or not like the most comfortable thing to wear and you're dancing and like I said socializing so having that conversation with your fiance for both of you like is this an expectation that it's going to happen or is it more like if it happens it happens and great and if not we can create an intimate time together the day after the wedding when we're feeling more connected and not so much pressure
0: that we have to have sex tonight. Definitely. And I also think you are so tired after your wedding day, because especially as a bride, you get up super early, Mm -hmm. you're in hair and makeup, you like, and also you're running on adrenaline for like a couple days leading up to your wedding. So Mm -hmm. you're probably not getting as much sleep. You're just like feeling anxious, feeling a little bit stressed that you want everything to go well. And then I feel like at the end of the day, like, yes, you're on a high of everything that just happened, but you're almost like, like, you're still soaking it in. Mm -hmm. Like, and then um, I always say like, that's also like what honeymoons are for. Honeymoons are to come down from the high, enjoy time, just the two of you. And just like, Basically, have that time for if you want to have as much sex as you want, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: I know it's more and more common, too. um, And this is what my fiancé and I are doing not to take a honeymoon like right after. So uh, take a mini moon, right? Like if your schedule or for whatever reason, you're unable to take that honeymoon kind of like the classic way it's done right after your wedding, do something special for the two of you where you can reconnect and spend that time and think about all the amazing things that happened to your, during your wedding or during your wedding weekend. Um, and then like, yeah, you were saying, have all the sex that you want then. You don't have to wait until your honeymoon if it's six months away. Um, but
0: yeah,
1: uh, alleviate that pressure for yourself that there has to be sex on the wedding night, because if you think about where that came from, that came from the fact that people weren't having sex before marriage.
0: Right. Right. So, exactly. Uh
1: huh. There was that pressure where you had to, um, and I know in like the Jewish religion, technically you're supposed to right after the ceremony, before even the reception, go consummate the marriage. Well there are like some people that are waiting until marriage to have sex. And I would understand why that night would be really important to them. But you know, if sex is part of your relationship now, it doesn't need to be something that's an added stress to your night.
0: Absolutely. I think anything, especially at the end of the night, the end of the night should definitely not feel stressful. Mm -hmm. Like I, I always tell uh, what, my brides is I will take a million photos on my phone throughout the night and I'll create a shared album with them this way at least they have like photos like all these be- behind the scenes photos that they get to look at at the end of the day before right. before they get anything from their photographer and and I think it's at least like exciting because you get to see you get to kind of like see see things through other people's eyes from your, Mm -hmm. your wedding day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And like, Mm -hmm. I think that there's something nice about like laying in bed with your partner at the end of the night being like, Oh my God, let's look at these photos. Like let's like, because I think everybody's like, I think all couples, especially brides um, are like looking to see that. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, send me all your photos, send me this. And I think like just having that time, just like laying in bed together and enjoying, and then hopefully getting up in the morning, maybe doing like a brunch with all of the people from your wedding and just getting to like, hear some of like their fun parts of the night, things like that. Totally. It's important.
1: Yeah. What you're talking about is creating intimacy in a different way. So alleviating, like it has to be sex. But you're still creating time for you and your new husband to connect at the end of the night. And the way that you do it, like what you're talking about, by reviewing pictures. Um, one of the best things someone told me, oh, when I was a bridesmaid in one of my first, I I've I think I've been in like nine or 10 weddings at this oh point. But you're you're yes. crying. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I always joke I'm 27 dresses. Um, <laughs> um, but... I can't remember, I think it was one of the first weddings I was in, someone said to me, my task was to make sure that the bride and groom uh, or the partners took in the moment that I was supposed to go up to them and say, pause for a second and look around the room and just take in the moment. And we we were in a wedding together and I remember Mm -hmm. doing that with Alex and John, like going up to them and saying, you need to take in this moment for a second. Um, And you don't always get the opportunity to do that. So if at the end of the night, that's how you're going to create intimacy with your husband is by reflecting on these pictures and the wonderful moments that you had and laughing, right? At like the ridiculous dance shot photos of your your grandma that like was doing, I don't know, uh, the Cupid shuffle. And it was so cute, right? You're creating (laughs) intimacy together just in a different way. You're relieving that pressure of like, it has to be sex. Also, I'd be willing to bet that sex at the end of the night of your wedding night would not be the best sex you've had in your life
0: yeah I mean I think with how tired people are at the end I know on my end my feet were killing me at the end of the night like I like by the time like the wedding was over and we were getting back to our room I just couldn't wait to like get undressed and take my shoes off and like put my feet up
1: Because Mm -hmm. you're on the
0: dance floor for so many hours. It's like, oh, it's a lot on your body.
1: It is. It is. Um, And like you said, you're running on that adrenaline. And so eventually that wears down. That stops for a second and your (laughs) body and your mind catches up to you. Um, So, you know, I think listening to yourself and setting those expectations beforehand, like I may be in the mood.
0: But Mm -hmm. if I'm not,
1: I don't want to disappoint or I don't want there to be this added pressure that like this has to happen because it's not going to be enjoyable if we're both sitting here and tired. So create that intimacy elsewhere. Cuddle, put on, put on your favorite show, laugh, cry, you know, whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. at the end of the night together, but it does not need to be sexual.
0: (laughs) And, and, and on the other side, if it is, and you both are in the mood. Then kudos, honey. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Grab it and then give, write an article or give it to send
0: me a DM about
1: how you gained that energy back to be able to do it. And I know people do it, right? Like, like I said, I think people definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. They, people do Mm -hmm. it or they feel like we should. So we're going to do it really quickly. And they're glad that they did it, which is why having that conversation beforehand with your fiance, make it part of the conversation, right? Are you in premarital counseling? Are you doing something like that? And you're already having difficult conversations. This one doesn't necessarily need to be difficult, but if it's awkward for you to bring up sex topics and sex communication, as it is for most people, I'll be honest, it's not something we're used to talking about, let alone saying to your partner, you know, I might not want to have sex with you on our wedding day. So utilize the different like platforms, you're already having a lot of conversations throughout your throughout the wedding planning process, for the most part, you know, I know, one typically takes on more planning role than the other, but you're having those conversations to just add it, add it in, like, what could this look like for us? And I, you know, and it could be that maybe even as a bride, you're the one that wants to and your groom might be tired. So setting that expectation both ways, right? Of like, it may or may not happen. And if it does, it'll either be okay or great. (laughs) And if it doesn't, that's okay too.
0: Yeah. And I do, you know, I do want to touch on, on the whole like marital counseling thing too, Mm -hmm. because I know that we've spoken about this before, but I think that it is so important to kind of have certain conversations prior to getting married, because when you join like forces with someone and you're you're now like starting a life with somebody else there's always going to be certain things to tackle and it doesn't matter like what backgrounds you come from or what your family was like like your everybody's upbringing is different mm-hmm. and I think it's so important To kind of like navigate those things together. And when you're, when you speak about them prior to getting married, I feel like, I feel like you just are both on the same page and there's no up in the air feelings about how the other one thinks. Like marriage, especially in the first year, is like you're learning still a lot about each other living together and doing things and how, how do you want to like, you know, raise a family together, you know, even, even just like simple things, like one person might get up early in the morning, ready to start the other day. The other person needs extra time in bed. (laughs) Like, and that's just, I mean, I think it's nice to be able to kind of have like those, those hard hitting conversations beforehand, because then you're really it's like everything out of out of the way in a way
1: yeah yeah and I think there's such a stigma behind it that I want to like stress and try to relieve for people of you have to be having issues with your partner or in a relationship in order to go to counseling and the goal of counseling at all but especially with premarital is not that there are issues it's what like you're talking about what are some difficult things that we can start to have conversations about so that way when they do come up inevitably you know or something pops up that's surprising throughout life because that's the way life is you two have already talked about the way that you want to handle this, right? The way you want to raise a family, nothing necessarily is going to come as a surprise. And you'll already have that foundation and exercises and skills in place to have difficult conversations when conflict arise. So that's another thing um, I work with couples with um, is how can we prevent things when a conflict comes up? Because it's not an if, it's when, it's two people living together. Conflicts are going to come up. It's It's just fact of life, how can we deal with these in a way where it's not going to be us screaming at each other, or it's not going to be someone shutting down, right? Being able to get on top of things before they become issues, as well as establishing like, if they are issues that you then need to have another person there for to tackle together, like a counselor, you have that relationship with someone already. So you can reach out to that same counselor that helps you with premarital counseling, or a therapist or um, pastor, rabbi, whoever you decide to go to um, and say like, Hey, we're having some difficulties here. Are you, are you accepting more clients right now? Uh, There's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of different ways to do premarital counseling. So like, if you want to take the religious route, a hundred percent, if you're like, Hey, I want a therapist, Go see a therapist. And then there's um, also companies. I'm involved in ours network. It's O-U-R-S network. I highly recommend everyone follows them on Instagram. Um, but they have a whole premarital like counseling program set written by therapists. So if you are not someone that can sit down once a week or once every other week, there's still ways to go about having these conversations and learning what you can in premarital counseling programs, however you want to look at it. It's really important. It is. I stress it with everyone. I mean, the second my sister got engaged, I was like, so are you going to go to premarital counseling? Second, I got engaged. I was like, all right, when are we going to go? I think (laughs) it's it's truly um, helpful with a lot of couples and research backs that up. So why not get on top of those issues before?
0: I'll tell you from my own experience is I've gone to see a therapist on my own for like I'd say on and off in my early 20s, but then from my late 20s, even through now, regularly, like pretty much like weekly because that's what was good for me. And then when I got engaged, um, my therapist was like, you know, listen, like you're engaged now. I think that I should meet, you know, your fiance and just like kind of get to know him. And we've done sessions together. And I'll be honest, like we like always are in a good mood after our session, like if mm-hmm. we like, I mean, we haven't gone together in quite some time. But when when we did, like the like the handful of times that we have, like I feel like, you know, this is like bold for me to say, but truly, sometimes going with your partner, you ends up feeling like really horny and sexy afterwards. Like, uh huh, yeah
1: you're building that intimacy, you're getting connected on a level uh, that someone is challenging you to do, right? Asking questions that maybe wouldn't necessarily pop up in your head or your husband's head. And it's not uncommon when you're building that emotional intimacy to then feel very sexually connected to your partner as well. That is very common. And, you know, most of the time when you're in counseling, even if you're discussing really hard topics, um, I mean, this is what I do with my couples. I try to end every session on a positive note. So even if we were talking about difficult things or talking about a conflict, the two of them are still leaving feeling po- more positive. I shouldn't say totally positive, but more positive. And more often than not, they're like, we felt more connected, even though we were not talking about something super positive or we were talking about an argument we got into that we just can't resolve people end up feeling far more connected because you're working on your relationship and yourself in such a deeper level than you can just do on your own. Um, that's why it's really important. And like I said, if you can't meet with like an individual therapist, go find something like ours network or something that can help you spark those conversations. Um, Cause I don't know. I don't know that. I would even think to have some of these conversations if I wasn't a therapist myself.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there is on like this stigma out there that like therapy is almost like, almost like in a way for people who are like, like can't do things themselves, or like in a way pathetic. And the truth is, It is so far from that. I feel like when you are going to therapy, whether for yourself or as a couple or as a family or anything like that, you are taking steps to living like a better, healthier, happier life. And there's nothing stronger than that.
1: Mm -hmm. I know we're
0: on audio, so you can't see me, but I am nodding
1: my head like ferociously. (laughs) Yes, a hundred percent. You are not broken because you are in therapy. Nothing about you is screaming. I can't handle things on my own. If anything, recognizing that you might need some added support during time makes you extremely strong. It is much harder to ask for help or to go to a therapist and say like, I need some help with coping mechanisms or I am realizing that this event in my life was actually rather traumatic for me. And it might have not been big T trauma that we talk about, like, um, you know, abuse or something like that. But little T trauma exists. And those are the everyday things that we go through that then, affect our lives so it could be something like um, an argument right that is sticking with you and then causing anxiety uh, in multiple areas of your life because of that one argument so it you are extremely strong you are complete opposite of what the stigma of society is trying to tell you when you're seeking therapy, Um, And I want to empower I, I, I strongly believe and I will say this until I'm blue in the face that if every person on this earth spent time in therapy for even just a month, even just a month of their life, we would all be all those people would be better. And we would all grow more as a society because it makes you more self reflective as well. You can leave with skills. So uh, yeah, definitely reach out. I mean, and if you're having a hard time finding a therapist, reach out to me on Instagram or text, What I mean, whatever. I'm totally happy. I'm in Michigan. I can't see clients outside of Michigan, um, but I'm happy to help you find someone because I know even the like daunting part of I want to start, but I don't know where is always a hindrance. So do yeah. it. Take that step. You are extremely strong for doing that. You don't listen to society we like to blame everything on society over here in my house. And society's technically usually always wrong is what we're learning. <laughs> so,
0: so, and, yeah, And I do want to add in that sometimes it takes seeing different therapists to figure out who the right one yes. is for you.
1: Yes. Don't give up. I, that's so common. I have so many people in my life both clients and otherwise that say like i had one bad experience and i decided it wasn't for me well no not necessarily it could just be you weren't vibing with that person Uh, building that relationship that rapport with your therapist is huge Um, unless you're someone that's very comfortable with just like talking about yourself and spilling all your deepest darkest secrets you have to feel comfortable with who you're with. I mean, I definitely wouldn't feel safe if I didn't have a good report with my counselor to tell her things. So, yeah, don't give up and go to consults. Most therapists will also offer t- fifteen to twenty minute, like, free virtual or phone consults, and you know you can kind of get the vibe for the most part if you're going to like the person. And then also look at specialties, right? Like. Someone might be certified in one therapy technique that is not working for you, and someone might be certified in another, and that one might be the one that you're like, yep, cool, worked for me. There's so many different modalities. So you just have to stick with it. And I hear it's exhausting. I hear everyone when they say that, right? Like, it's not fun to have to go through and talk about surface level things or deep things over and over again while you're trying to find your match. It's worth it it's 110% worth it when you find your match.
0: Absolutely. I can agree with that 100%. -hmm. So Carly, I know that you have all of these things ahead of you today. Um, Carly's working on um, some different things. I do not want to take up too much of her time. So I I will- I want to leave you by saying that I hope you have the best time this weekend wedding dress shopping
1: oh yes yes I'm I'm excited I'll share I'm a little anxious about it because it's something I've never done before I've been with other people but not obviously myself um and I really have no idea what I want so that makes it both anxiety ridden and exciting I think so
0: I think it'll be so fun it'll you'll you'll try on all different things and you'll know when you find the one
1: that's what everyone keeps telling me and I, I think it makes it fun that I don't know exactly what I want so yeah, I'm excited, and I appreciate you having me, even for the short period of time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what she's talking about, I'm writing my dissertation right now um, for clinical sexology. I'm getting my PhD, so we're coming the end of that part, which means I'm super busy. But I'm so glad we were able to connect and do this because I think this topic is really important, um, especially for people that are planning weddings now. Um, Or even are reflecting back on their wedding night and are like, oh, well, we should have had sex because that's what you're supposed to do, right? No, you didn't need to. Don't feel bad about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just got to do what works for you. And um, Carly, I appreciate you. And I appreciate you coming on. It's always a blast. And I can't wait to see more on your upcoming wedding and just everything that you do and the dress that you choose and all that. I know um, it's an exciting time and I feel like you have so much going on, but it's all good things.
1: It is. It is all good things. I'm very uh, appreciative and I feel very privileged to have all these opportunities. So it doesn't go unnoticed even over my... stress (laughs) stress <laughs> that i have. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, you know, thank you so much and i'll send you a picture if i end up
0: finding a dress. Oh, yes, please do. I oh. i live for those moments. <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> um If you guys aren't already following Carly on Instagram, go follow her at Comfy with Carly. See a little bit about the work she does. And just if you need any advice or you need any help finding a therapist, slide into her DMs. Um, If you're not following me already, go follow me at The Bride Tender for all fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day, and of course, hiring the best in the business for your wedding. Until next week, mix yourself a cocktail, slide into my DMs with questions you want answered on all things weddings. Stay sane, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.